Hello and welcome to The Rewriters, a celebration of people who have shirked convention, expectation and even their own limitation to rewrite their story on their terms. Each episode we'll dig into the inspired and very real life stories of people who have done just that, rewritten their story. I'm a nosy practical optimist too, so expect all of the nitty gritty details. If you're an ambitious seeker craving a different kind of lifestyle, career or business, but have felt held back by your own or other people's beliefs about what's possible or permissible, The Rewriters is for you. Hello, I'm Monique Shaw and welcome to the episode. So at the time of record and release, it's still 2020, but thank goodness 2021 is almost upon us. And in this episode, I'm going to give you a bit of a DIY career rewrite framework. This is for anybody for whom 2021 is going to be the year, or at least they hope 2021 is going to be the year, that they pivot, they reframe, adjust, tweak, or completely overhaul their career. This one is for you. My big flagship program is Rewrite Your Career Story. And the way that I approach career rewrites is from the inside out. So rather than focusing on what job you might want to do or what company you might want to work for, which can often really set people back and trip them up because sometimes they have no idea. Rather than focusing on where you want to get to, I focus in on what's happening right now and we go from there. So that's where I want to bring you into what's going on right now. And then we can start moving through how you might want to rewrite your career. When people come and work with me, in particular on the Rewrite Your Career Story program, but also one-to-one clients, the number one issue for them is their career doesn't feel good anymore. Work isn't working. And work not working anymore can look and feel like many different things to different people. But what I see time and time again is ambitious, hardworking, passionate, and often extremely successful people who are tired, they are stressed, they are over it. They are bored, underwhelmed, uninspired, stuck, feel hopeless, any and all of those things. Some of them feel some of those things. Some of them feel all of those things. The bottom line is, though, work isn't working anymore and they have no idea what to do about it. Some of them are really unhappy and some aren't. They're just they need they need some kind of a change. And some loved their career and now they don't. And that was me. I've absolutely experienced that. Some have felt like they've never actually been in the driver's seat of their career. I've had more than one client say to me, I just feel like I've never been in the driver's seat. My career's always happened to me and it's still been very successful, but it's always been something that they've been sort of passively receiving rather than actively pursuing. And so now they want to take the steering wheel, but they have no idea or they're a bit rusty. Some have experienced, and actually this is pretty common, some have experienced a massive life change like having a baby or facing redundancy, which is absolutely not not uncommon at the moment, unfortunately, Um, possibly even losing a loved one. And their priorities have simply changed. And to be honest, we've all collectively experienced the trauma that is 2020. And so on a global scale, priorities have changed. But the bottom line is work isn't working. And if work isn't working for you, then this episode was absolutely created with you in mind. So we're going to spend the next however long going through where you are right now, your audit, what you stand for, your brand, and clarifying what you want, your rewrite, or at least the early draft, the early stages, the outline of your rewrite. And we're going to be doing this from the inside out. So starting with your inner compass, which are your values, your resources, time, energy, and focus, which are finite, 
and other people's experience of you. When it comes to your career, this bit's really important. Um, in fact, other people's experience of you is important in any kind of um, relationship or transaction, but it's extremely important when it comes to shaping your career and your work, your personal brand. Um, and finally, clarifying your plan. And I use an exercise called the sacred circle. So I'm going to share a number of key exercises that I use with my clients. And importantly, these are the ones that have been voted as their absolute favorites. Uh, whenever I work with a client, whether on a group or one-to-one, -one, I always ask them to provide detailed feedback at the end. What worked? What didn't work? What would have made it a better experience for them? What did they love most? So on and so forth. And that helps me to continually improve my programs, but it also gives me some really useful information about where the common themes are, I guess. So I have lots of exercises that I use and people like different ones, but there are a couple of standout ones that keep on coming up time and time again as the things that really, really help people to get the clarity and the way forward that they're looking for. And I work with clients from lots of different countries, cultural backgrounds, different age groups. Some are parents, some aren't, some are married, some are single, some live in the city, some live in the countryside. They're all different. They're all living different lives, but they do all share that common story that work isn't working. Now, this is a really practical episode. So if you're not near a pen or paper, I would encourage you to hit pause and go and grab one. Or if you're out walking, which is what I tend to be doing when I'm listening to podcasts, maybe listen through, but be prepared to go back for a second listen and work with me through the exercises. I will be giving you instructions and asking you to, to do some steps as well, um, some of which you can do on the spot, but others, you know, you might want to jot them down and return to them over the coming weeks. So why am I doing this? These exercises are all a part of my Rewrite Your Career Story program and my one-to-one -one programs as well. And some of the stuff that I'm going to share with you is my IP. It's my intellectual property. And the reason that I'm so comfortable sharing my content for free, um, whether it be through this podcast or I also share a lot of resources and information on my website too, or number one, uh, there is no um, substitute for working with me directly. And I know that uh, as a coach, only I can do the things that I do the way that I do them. And there are coaches that do things brilliantly the way that they do them too, but there's only one me. So I, I don't have a lot of fear around being generous and open with my work because I know that there is no substitute for working with me directly. So that's the one thing. But the second thing is equaling access is extremely important to me. It's something that I'm extremely passionate about. And I don't want coaching to be something that people cannot reach or access because they've had a shit year financially or it's just not available to them right now for whatever reason. I think that everybody deserves to be able to create change and move from where they are to where they want to be. And that's why I do try to share my work generously with people. Nothing winds me up more than seeing coaches talk about going into debt and encouraging potential clients to go into debt to work with them. I think that's irresponsible. I will, of course, pop details of how you can work with me in the show notes. And as always, if you enjoy this episode or you have a mate or a loved one who could really benefit from having a listen to, please, please share it and also rate it and review it, ideally in iTunes on Apple. Um, but really anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, share, subscribe. That gives me a little boost, both an ego boost, but also a boost in terms of people being able to find the podcast too. Okay, so let's get started. Now, the first thing to mention here is when I work on planning for some kind of career change or life change, I do not start with any kind of goal planning. 
Uh, that's actually the thing that I do towards the end. It's the final stage for me in terms of working with my clients. The starting point is always assessing where you are right now. I ask my clients and I'm going to ask you to suspend the need to get it right, to suspend the need to know for sure what your next move is. Just trust the process and trust me and just work through it with me and we will get there together. So when you get in touch with who you are and what you really need on a more granular level, that's when the big stuff presents itself. So overthinking it and trying to intellectualize these kinds of shifts, it turns the volume down on your gut and your true nature. And that's the bit we really want to plug into. So please just suspend the need to know and just go with it. So let's start with the audit. This is going to be the biggest focus of the episode because with anything you do, you've got to get the foundation right. You've got to understand your current state, do a stock take, audit the files, conduct your annual review, whatever you want to call it, whatever analogy you want to use. When you're painting, you've got to prepare the surface. You have to get the bones right before you build anything on top of that. So the starting point for everything and anything for me, the number one foundation in my business and the starting point when I'm working with clients as well is to get an understanding of their values. If you know your values, write them down now on a piece of paper. I ask my clients to surface their top, say, five to seven max values, but there aren't any rules on how many values a person can have. Um, coaches don't have the authority on saying, well, you've only got three core values or five core values, whatever. So I can't tell you how many core values you should have, um, but I would encourage you to try and get as focused as you can. It really allows you to hone in. If you've got a list of 25 values, you're going to start muddying the waters and it's going to be a lot harder for you to pinpoint where your conflict areas may be and also where those areas of great alignment already are. I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day, um, late last week, and she was explaining something that had happened at work and it had really gotten her emotional. And I asked her, just listening to her talk about it, I asked her, is fairness one of your core values? And she said, yeah, actually, it's the most important or one of the most important things for me. And I was able to see that because working with this stuff all the time, I can really see someone's values in action when I listen to them describe something or someone that has either really upset them or really inspired them. So that's a really good clue for you. If you're unsure what your values may be, if you're struggling to identify what they might be, start to think about the people that you really admire. What is it about them that you really admire? What do they stand for? What do they do? What's the stuff around them that makes you feel really inspired? Write all of those words down. Just do a bit of a brain dump. And then think of someone who really pisses you off. Somebody at work that winds you up. Um, you know, I don't know when you're in a meeting with them, they always make you feel a bit triggered or they send irritating emails, whatever it may be. But someone that really or people that really rile you up. What is it that they stand for? What is it that they do? Or how is it that they're making you feel? And are there situations that you've been in, maybe meetings where you felt really unsettled? And why? What was missing for you? What was happening that wasn't acceptable to you? Write all of those words down. So the people or situations that really destabilize or upset you, it's often because they're in conflict with your values. So as you're writing down all of these words or thinking through, if you don't have a pen or paper, all of these words that come to mind when you think about people that inspire you and also people that really piss you off, 
there are going to be clues there about what your values are. So freedom and creativity are two of my values. And I could pinpoint plenty of people that I have worked with in the past who my experience of them was that they were extremely dogmatic and that would really fire me up. Um, you know, I, that, working with someone who is extremely dogmatic and fixed for somebody who values freedom is a real conflict. Um, equally, if I worked on really mind-numbingly dull projects and Nobody likes working on boring projects, but because creativity is one of my values, it would really, really drain the life and soul out of me. So those were things that I was directly in conflict with, and they are things that I really value and need. So there's clues there for me. Someone's really irritating me or making me upset. That's usually because they're in conflict with one of my values. So your values give you a compass, they give you a language, they create a dialogue or the opportunity to have a dialogue with yourself. And they also can help you to step outside of your emotion at times too, and help you to really audit your current situation. So I had a client um, earlier this year in the summer, and I've spoken about this quite a few times, but she did the course with me, the Rewrite Your Career Program course, and she was talking to me, talking to the group actually, when we were working together, and she was talking about this meeting that she had had, and she was feeling really emotional and really charged up um, having this conversation and having a really emotional response to the conversation that was taking place in this meeting. And she said that prior to understanding her values, she would have reacted extremely differently in the meeting she would have felt really pissed off and she would have felt really emotional and she would have acted on that but because she has got this dialogue with herself now she knew that one of her core values was being challenged she had just done a lot of work to really understand what her core values were and rather than reacting she used that as a data source and she described it as a data source which I also um, use as well I think that's a great way of describing it and she said I realized in that moment that this was a client who was really operating in a way that was in conflict with my values and I would not choose to work with that client on a project. And that was very useful information for her because she works on multiple projects, multiple clients. And if she's got the ability to have another way of having a dialogue with herself, that helps her to move towards the projects and the people that are going to inspire her and be in alignment with who she is rather than in conflict. So get your values down on paper and then one by one, go through them and ask yourself, how is this value being met right now? At work and also outside of work. How is this value being met right now? And then what are the ways that I could be in even greater alignment with this value? At work and outside of work. What are the ways that I could be in greater alignment with this value? And then finally, how can I move out of conflict with this value at work and outside of work? How can I move out of conflict with this value? Now, the reason I'm asking you to consider both inside and outside of work is for two reasons. Number one, the way that I look at careers and rewrites is that if you can heal work and heal your relationship with work and build a career that is in harmony, not in conflict, with who you are and the rest of your life, you will impact every single element of your life. 
So work is where so much of us spend the majority of our time. And I am all about taking care of each and every one of those minutes. So if you're happy in your career or happier in your career, that's going to have a positive impact for your loved ones, your kids, your staff, the people at the checkout where you do your shopping, the bus driver, you know, whatever, the people that you come into contact with. If you are happy in your career, you're going to be a happier person Um, or happy can be one of those misunderstood words. Um, You know, just not unhappy, not dissatisfied, not angry or resentful because if you're unhappy in your career and you're resentful about your career that also has a knock-on effect and it's not just for you it's for the people around you as well so that's one reason that I look for career sorry look at career rewrites in terms of healing your relationship with work having a knock-on effect in other areas of your life and the second reason that I look at values in terms of inside and outside of work is because sometimes you're going to have a value that isn't met or fulfilled at work, but it is enriched in another area of your life. And that is sufficient for you. So for example, just say you're an accountant and one of your values is creativity and your work is pretty dry, but you wear amazing shoes, you dye your hair awesome colors on the weekends, you bake and you paint and you sing and you really live a creative life. Your creativity is really being fulfilled. Your creativity needs are being met. So you don't need to quit your job. You enjoy the certainty and security of being an accountant because it anchors you enough to safely express your creativity in a million other ways. So know the language of your values and then start tweaking, turning the dials and paying close attention to when you are in alignment and in conflict with them. My next exercise, the life pie. You've understood your values and now we're going to assess your resources. So this exercise is my adaptation of the wheel of life, which is a very well-known coaching tool. And a lot of coaches use it. In fact, any trained coach was probably taught it during their training. And the problem that I have with the wheel of life is that it isn't time bound. And to be frank, life is time bound. Your days are time bound. Your months are time bound. We have 24 hours a day, seven days a week and a gazillion things to do. So for me, the wheel of life just doesn't work because it's not based in the reality that is, you know, we have we have a finite number of resources at our disposal. So with the life pie, I've taken the same principle of the wheel of life, but I have made it time bound or energy bound or focus bound. So the way that it works is you create a pie and for each piece of pie, you carve it up across all of the different areas of your life. So get out another piece of paper and list down each of the most important areas of your life or the roles that you play. So no more than 10, eight to 10 max. So I'm thinking here, you know, areas of your life like work, family, health, money, or perhaps roles like mother, father, sister, daughter, spouse, friend, colleague, boss. Uh, Perhaps you want to throw in a value here if you want. So on my life pie, I I had creativity on there as well because it was such an important value of mine and I knew that it was being starved. Uh, You may have exploration or learning or growth on there, but just get down eight to 10 areas or roles in any combination that means something to you. Put them down on a piece of paper. And then when you've got that list, start to plot it on your pie. So draw a circle. And then carve it up like you're cutting up a piece of pie or a piece of cake. Call it the life cake too if you want. 
and then give a different sized slice of pie to each area of your life based on how much time, energy and focus it is currently receiving. So in terms of how I've done this, I've done it both generally speaking. So at any given point in time, how much energy and focus is X getting, but I've also done it by week and hour. I've, I've sort of mapped out, well, I get to, I get, you know, X number of hours a week. And based on that, I spend, you know, this amount of time doing this, this amount of time doing this, and this amount of time doing this, you know, carve it up in a way that makes sense to you by hours, by days, or more generally speaking. The most important thing is though, be really, really bloody honest with yourself. No one has to see this but you. So if your pie is 0% for health and 90% for work, it's important that you can see that in black and white because having that awareness and having that information is the first step to being intentional and then ultimately allowing you to create change. Once you've carved up your pie, And it can be a little bit fiddly. Sometimes you want to use a a pencil and an eraser or just grab a number of different sheets of paper. If you're obsessed with getting it really sort of to scale and accurate, it can be quite a frustrating exercise. But when you've finished, I then want you to draw the circle again and do the exercise again with exactly the same list of areas and roles, but this time carve it up how you would like it to look. So the first version I call your current life pie. And this version I call your ideal life pie. So go through the list again and start carving up in an ideal world. If I had things balanced out the way that I would like them to be, if anything was possible, what would I like those pieces of pie to look like in terms of size? And then when you've done that and you've got both your current life pie and your ideal life pie lined up next to one another, start to have a look at the stark differences between the two. And what are the big percentages that you want to dial up or dial down? Is there anything that's being really starved? Is there anything that's being really overfed and overstuffed and it's too dominant? And look at each area and start to think through what are the changes that I could make or need to make in order to get from my current life pie to my ideal life pie. Great. So that concludes our turbo audit of where you are right now and what's going on for you right now and is starting to look ahead at where you might like to be. Moving on to the next exercise, understanding your current personal brand. So whether or not you like it, whether or not you know it, you have a personal brand at work. When a transaction is being made for a particular product or service, a brand is being bought or bought into. The same applies for you at work. So if you are giving up your time for a salary, a transaction is taking place there and your brand will influence the opportunities that you get, your pay rises, your promotions, all of it. So obviously there are other things at play here too, privilege, gender, etc. I'm not going to talk about that right now. I think you are all informed. I'm very certain that my audience is an informed um, and and very intelligent bunch. I'm not going to go into detail around that. What I'm going to focus in on is talking about your brand and what you can do to understand it and own it in the workplace. So I am going to touch very lightly on this, but it's going to give you a really unique way to understand how you are in the workplace and how you are perceived in the workplace. Because as I said at the top of the, of the podcast, 
rewriting your career story absolutely starts with what's going on for you and where you are right now. But there's also something at play here that is around how people experience you and how you show up in the world. So I want you to write down three questions. Number one, what are you famous for or known for at work? What are you famous for or known for at work? And that might be, you know, I'm known for being an excellent writer. It might be, I'm the one that organizes the awesome themed birthday parties. Um, I'm the one that has amazing attention to detail, whatever it may be. But when people think of you, what do you tend to be thought of for? You know, what are you famous for? Maybe you're the chatterbox, maybe you're super shy, whatever it is. But what is the stuff that you are known for at work? Number two, what do people ask you for help with again and again? So what are the things that people come to you for help with again and again? You're always the go-to person for X, Y, Z. What is that? And then number three, what do you find easy that other people seem to struggle with? What do you find easy that other people seem to struggle with? So answer all of these for yourself and then try to ask five people that you work with to answer them too about you. So ask them, you know, what am I famous for at work? What do people ask me for help with time and time again? And what seems to come easily to me that other people seem to struggle with? When you've got your responses and other people's responses, do a read across and you'll start to get a picture of what your current personal brand is at the workplace. So your personal brand isn't just about you. There's a combination of what you stand for, but also what people experience of you. So it's really important that you have a handle on how you are being perceived in the workplace. And if that is in line with how you want to be perceived in the workplace, are you famous for the things that you want to be famous for? for example. So in the course, I go a lot deeper and we workshop how to develop personal brand pillars and your personal brand narrative and your elevator pitch, etc. But if you spend just 10 minutes asking yourself these, these questions and your colleagues as well, you can then go back and reframe them and ask, what do I want to be famous for or known for at work? And how can I make that happen? What do I want people to ask me for help with again and again? And how can I make that happen? And do I enjoy doing that thing that, that I find easy? And if I do, how can I do more of it? Or if I don't, how can I do less of it? So know what you are known for, know what you want to be known for, and start using your personal brand to have the career that you want. So you've got all of those things that you can do to move away from conflict and into alignment with your values, the way that you can start to be famous for the things that you want to be famous for. So now by this stage, you've got a growing list of action points, action items, things that you can start to do to move towards having the career you want and being successful on your terms. The next exercise is a goal clarifier. So ordinarily, before we get to this point, setting goals, I usually do a lot of work on limiting beliefs and inner critic as well. But if I crammed everything in, we would be here for hours. So I might actually do another episode on that. Um, but for now, 
what's important is we all have inner critics. So be aware that you have an inner critic. I'm sure I don't need to tell you you've got an inner critic. You know that voice in your head that's always telling you, particularly when you're trying to create some kind of change or do something a bit new and scary. They're the internalized beliefs and those big voices saying, stop, what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? Yada, yada. So these internalized beliefs, which are often unchecked, they do get louder when we are trying to make a change. So keep an eye out for them and be ready to challenge them when they come up. So clearing them and getting a lot more aware, becoming a lot more aware rather, and being objective about your inner critic is a really important part of creating and maintaining change. A lot of coaches will help you identify those limiting beliefs that you might not see because they are so internalized. But really, if you just start to pay more attention to that voice in your head and listen to it and challenge it objectively, you're half of the way there. Okay, so the goal clarifying exercise I'm going to share with you today is called the sacred circle. I think that I created it, but I could be wrong. Um, It's something that I created in a client session, actually. I just asked them to grab a piece of paper and and draw a circle. Um, So if you know of somebody else that does this, um, please let me know. But for now, I'm going to say that I created it. I mean, it's not rocket science, but anyway. So take your piece of paper out again, or a new piece of paper rather, and draw a big circle in the center of it and leave enough room outside the circle as well because you're going to need some room to write inside and outside the circle. And now reflecting on all that you've learned about yourself during the last couple of exercises that we've done, understanding your values, where some changes might need to be made, understanding how you spend your time, energy and focus in your life pie and how you can shift towards your ideal life pie and also knowing what you're famous for at work and really starting to understand and own and use your personal brand to your advantage. With all of that in mind, start thinking about all of the things that absolutely must, must, must be a part of your career story. So what are all of the things that must be included? It might be working alone. It might be working with people. Perhaps it's staying in your home office, even when the world returns to normal. Maybe you like consistency. Maybe you like change, variety. Perhaps you like to travel, being indoors, being outdoors, whatever. Just get it all down and put it inside the circle. All of the things that must be a part of your career story. It may even be something like, I mean, everybody's personal situation is different. You may have a salary limit. You know, I must earn no less than this amount, or I must earn more than this amount, whatever. Just all of the things that are non-negotiables for you in terms of your career story, write them down inside that circle. And then start to think about all of those things that absolutely must not under any circumstances be in your new career story and put them all outside the circle. And just at this stage, don't edit yourself, just get it all down. So perhaps you're a technical person and you found yourself managing people and you hate it. Uh, Perhaps outside your circle then is line management. You don't want to line manage people or perhaps you do, but you really need to have some training. So you must work for somebody or, or have some kind of career that has a really excellent learning and development program as part of it, whatever it is, just start to really get down all of the things inside the circle that you must have in your career story and outside the circle that you must not have in your career story. So start to strike out anything in your page that isn't a deal maker or a deal breaker. So anything that you might not really enjoy or you might really like, but it's not going to make or break the career story for you. 
and keep going until you've got a very tight list of three to five absolutely must have. It's an absolute deal maker, deal breaker. If I don't have this, the career story is not going to work for me. Get down to a really tight list of three to five must haves and a really tight list of three to five must not haves. Now, sit back and take a break because you have just finished four extremely powerful exercises that will really start to uncover and agitate for those things that you are feeling right now, that you stand for, that you value, that you prioritize, that you need, that you no longer want. You've done a lot of work in a really short amount of time. And so sit back and read through everything that you have done, everything that you have written down, and then sleep on it, return to it, Spend your time moving towards the things that you enjoy, towards the things that give you purpose and meaning. Try to find ways that you can experiment with that right now and then opportunities will start to bubble up and move away from the stuff that makes you unhappy and away from the stuff that makes you feel bored or hopeless or irritated or resentful. And then continue to have that dialogue with yourself, continue to experiment, continue to be okay with not having all of the answers right now, which is extremely hard for people, especially if you're a perfectionist, but continue to move towards the stuff that you enjoy and away from the stuff that you don't. And then ask yourself, how do I get closer to what I want? How do I move away from what I don't want? And that is how you shift the dial on your career. This is how you start to rewrite your career story from the inside out and the ground up. This is not a one-off process, right? This is something that you can continue to revisit throughout the year and throughout the years as well. I continue to do the Life Pie, for example. I I did that quite recently um, in my business and started to really pay attention to how am I spending my time on my business and am I doing enough of the things that I love and How am I carving up my energy and my focus? And is it proportionate? Is it on point? So use these exercises and use these tools to be intentional and create an intentional career that you love that enriches the rest of your life as well. If you would like to dive into this program and process with me and a group of other rewriters, I go a hell of a lot deeper on my Rewrite Your Career Story program. It's an eight-week group coaching program that includes one-to-one coaching with me, but also the group coaching as well. The groups are the best bit, in my opinion. Uh, It also includes the online platform to work through all of the exercises, resources, workbooks to download and keep, and of course, access to a beautiful community of fellow career rewriters. So doors are currently open for the January, February 2021 cohort. If you're listening to this after that time, I run it about four times a year. So you can sign up to the waiting list if the doors are closed at rewriterewrite.com. Always email me at hello at rewriterewrite.com if you're interested in finding out when you can get on to another course. And as I said at the top of the podcast as well, there's oodles of stuff on my website. So please do take advantage of that. So that's it for the episode. I have really enjoyed sharing some of my um, words of wisdom around career rewrites with you. I hope that you found it useful. As I said before, rate and review and share if you do. And thank you so much for listening. Bye bye. The Rewriters is produced, written and presented by Monique Shaw. Original artwork by Kiana Perry. And original music by DJ Cinnamon.